heroes. Highlights and hardships with Triple M's Rush Hour. Welcome back to the Rush Hour, the Three H's podcast. We get a very special guest, a hero, a highlight and a hardship. Jude, an ex-teammate of yours and a great friend of the show is in doing the Three H's with us today. Yeah, it's a big welcome to Ty Keneally. Thanks for joining us on the Three H's podcast. Ty, I mean, you've had such an incredible journey from Ireland uh, coming across to, to Australia to represent uh, the Swans, then going back and winning an All-Ireland final. I mean, tell us your hero as a child and, and coming through. Yeah, look, I obviously had a unique journey, very different to a lot of AFL footballers and grew up on the other side of the world, small country town. Um, unlike most Irishmen, I grew up above a pub. Um, <laughs> my, my dad was my hero. Um, my dad was a, a five-time All-Ireland medal winner and I'm not different than many other dads or kids. So you're growing up, you want to be like your dad. Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter was my dad had won five premierships and was a, pretty much a legend of Ireland. And where I grew up in, in, in Ireland, in Kerry, um, even if you're not sporty as a parent and you have a son or a daughter, you give them a Kerry jersey and you say, I hope my son or daughter plays for Kerry one day. And it's very like the All Blacks, you know. And I was not different. And my dad was a, an immense impact on my life and a, a hero of mine in a small country town in, in Ireland. What was he like, your dad? Non-emotional. And I'm quite an emotional person. I wear my emotion on my sleeve, you know. He was, um, he was a hard ass. Hard ass. Uh, his dad was a country um, his nickname was the horse because um, he played football like a horse. He was just a. a tough it wasn't mother. nothing to do with his appendage. No, no, no. no. no there's a, well, that has carried through in the family. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's, uh, I'll set him up. You knock him down, mate. <laughs> <That's all right>. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, he was a great man, and um, you know, he was uh, one that really inspired my, my brother and I to, to come on. And, and looking enough for me that I was able to get a journey through sport because of my uh, my old man and. Um, the, the fact that he was such a hero growing up, but to us he was just a dad, you know. And you, 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 as you get through your teenage years, you know, you're ten, eleven. He's your dad, and then you start seeing these people coming up asking for signatures, and you know, oh, who is this guy? He actually doesn't know what he's talking about, and I'm telling him to piss off in the field and leave me alone and all this. And um, but he was, um, yeah, not standing here after me. But you take, uh, we take a lot of things out of what our parents teach us. What's the best trait that your dad has taught you? Hard work. And I'm trying to teach it to my three young kids now, which is I'm finding very difficult. What have you got? Uh, what um, are they? I've got a girl and two boys. So Good luck with the girl, mate. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, Maggie, and she's she's very talented. We're trying to push her to do things, you know. And, uh, she's very smart. She's figured it out, you know. We I, we do little athletics, you know. And there's 800 meter starts every every Saturday morning. And she goes, I won't do the 800. And so she said she did she did it the first week, and then she came, you know, third or fourth, and the 400 and the 200. She said, you know what? I won't do the 800. I'll see if mom and dad are looking. They're not looking, right? I won't do the eight. So then she won the four and the two. So she's going, Dad, what do you want me to do? I'm just working through it. You know? so, but hard work is the piece for me. You know, you just um, I never stop, never give up. You know, and um, it was a, it's a great trait that I you know consistently try to take through my life and through footy. You had that ambition as a, a young man. You come across to Australia. You say, I'm going to make the, the most of it across the other side of the country. What was that moment like first pulling on the, the red and white for the Swans and, and knowing that your family were in the stands? Yeah, it was huge. Um, very difficult time the, for me as far as the transition piece. Um, you know, you, you come as a – I was a big fish in a small pond in Ireland. You know, I knew my trajectory. I was going playing senior football. I'd played senior football. It was all about me. It was, a, you know, I was starting to become a bit of a, a big deal, the big dog in town. And then all of a sudden, I decided to make a decision to go to the other side of the world and, and play a game I knew absolutely nothing about, never held a football, never been on an aeroplane, and mm. go as far away from Ireland as you could. Why, uh, why did you do that? Yeah. Because I, I – 
I knew where I was going and I wanted and I felt like I needed something. Not enough for challenge. Not enough for challenge. And <laughs> I seem to do that a lot with put things on the ground and try and challenge and I'm a bit goal orientated and try and set things to challenge me and I find it invigorating. And um, But I, 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 had, I just felt like I had to do it and I'd always planned to go back at some stage but I didn't think it would take 10 years before I went back and didn't come back again. But um, yeah, it was, it was the... Once I put that jumper on, um, you know, I remember saying to a couple of people, I could die on Monday because of what I'd gone through in that two years of, you know, homesickness and loneliness and the sacrifices of, of leaving your family to the other side of the world. And I used that an awful lot as my motivation in training when things were tough and learning about a game. And, you know, like I said, I'm, now I'm a small fish in a big pond and you're at the back of the queue and you're, you're behind Paul Kelly, Tony Lockett, Wayne Swass, you know, young Jude Bolton is throwing his elbows around the place. But <laughs> I, I, I had no idea what I was doing. I was going shit, what have I done, you know, and I had to really fight through that. So you had some piece. doubts? Yeah, I had a lot of doubts. And um, and funnily enough, the, probably one of my strongest traits is my self-belief as a, as a person, as an athlete. And I don't think it's arrogance, but I've got a lot of self-belief that I can achieve things and do things. But there was times when I was sitting at bed at arms, just crying my eyes out, you know, on my own going, what have I done? You know, I, I'm, I've made a big mistake here and I can't go back to my small country town in Ireland being a failure um, and that ended up being a big carrot for motivation and driving the, my family at home. And um, we're very family oriented in Ireland, so um, which was it was difficult. But putting the jumper on, I got there eventually. Jude was a long way, but um, it was pretty emotional. When I see uh, the the Irish, uh, you know, the boys come up and do what you've done now. Um, I, I think of Jim Steins. You know, I followed yeah. AFL for a long time, and I, I never got to meet Jim Steins. And he's one of those guys. I don't care what sport you follow in Australia or even over, you know, overseas. You know the name Jim Steins, and he, and he changed the game so much for. Uh, for the Irish boys? It was great inspiration. He's like anyone, you know, when you've got someone from your own background and that's done it, it just gives you that bit of self-belief that you go, you know, someone's came from the same part of the world as me. He's got the same skin and blood and and history as me. I can do it. Yeah. You know, it gives you that belief and it's no different. We see there's our Indigenous kids and, and Islander kids that these young men that before them can do it. It gives you that self-belief. That's why it's so important to have so many different unique people in our sports because – Guess what? Society is unique with different cultures, different yeah. people, and you want people to inspire and help. And Jimmy was very much that to me. You know, and, you had uh, his book yeah, next to your bedside right. table. I read it consistently. And I reached out to Jimmy when I first came, you know, and he ended up taking me down to, to Melbourne for one of his um, conventions. And he was about a thousand kids he got for reach for the charity. And he came down. Yep. I came down, and um, he's going, "Oh, you're going to love this man. I got a special guest. It's going to be awesome. Come down." So I spent the two nights with him, and then we had the the event, and I'm sitting at the front and. He's gone, he's gone a big introduction and we've um, got this, you know, really special guest that's come all the way from Ireland. I'm going, oh my God, who is it? You know, this is going to be unbelievable. Let's <laughs> call my name out. You're the is guest. Oh, yeah, you're the guest. <laughs> I'm the guest. I'm 18 years of age and he just gets me up on the stage and I'm just standing there and he walks off the stage and there's a thousand people there and I'm going, what am I doing? <laughs> what was your opening line? Yeah. I just introduced myself but they still didn't know my name. So yeah. I said, I, I'm Ty Canelli and... Just things started flowing out of my mouth. He came up about, well, it felt like half an hour later, but he, he came back up and did a quick Q&A with me. But Jimmy was all about that, putting people outside you know, their comfort zone to really challenge them and, and, and set them up. And I learned more in that minute and felt like half an hour than um, you know, I'd learned in my previous 18 years as a young man. Well, fantastic. So that's the hero plus some extra, so we oh, appreciate thank that. Thank you, mate, yeah. We're never going to get... Yeah, short answer. <laughs> no. And plus we're interested right, yeah. and we well, like you. We, so. we, no, we like it. That's what we're about. Can you grab a highlight? I mean, obviously we know you. Jude talks about you a lot. Yeah, obviously playing here at Sydney and then going back and doing what your father who had passed, mm -hmm. go back and, 
and win in Ireland, that's obviously a highlight. Is there anything else that you can tell uh, us about? Oh, look, my, my wife and my, my kids, you know, I, I feel like... I mean, they're fine and everything, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, like, you know... You, you, I they're bad, lucky to I have you. I feel bad if... It's, well, I was just about to go out a bit lucky. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm Irish, I, you know, and, and there's a lot of luck with us being Irish. You know, I'm lucky that I, you know, at a day that I was able to inherit a lot of things. Um, but <laughs> I, I, you know, obviously the sporting ability is top of the list. <laughs> but, you know, I was lucky enough to come to a great country that, that played, uh, that was able to fit in and play a game. But, um, but I'm very lucky to have met Nicole, you know. Um, you, uh, someone that's always kept me straight and um, I can be a bit wild at times and, and hard to manage and I'm putting things on the ground and going and I've got these ideas going through my head consistently and I'm, she calls me Dreamland all the time. Oh, he's off in Dreamland again. But um, And obviously my three kids. My three kids really are my purpose in life. I just love being a dad. I just love it. You know, I know I'm not one of those men that can't, you know, stay at home at work. I just can't stand being at work, being away from my kids when I should be with them. So the sporting side is lots, obviously, and, and the, the, the piece of... You know, still being the only person in the world with an AFM medal and an All Ireland medal is pretty yeah. big, so I like to pump myself up there. Mm. A, jig, yeah. a jig on both a jig, uh, podiums. Uh, so made an Irish jig on, on the MCG and then at Croke Park. Pretty amazing. So it, look, it's there's. I'm very, very lucky man. You know, and um, clearly highlights are, are you know, on behalf of the beholder, really more than anything else. And once a highlight of my life was you know, in the sporting and off field and. It was a challenging piece after sport, as we all do as athletes, to get through that piece. And you know, and obviously, WNO is a big highlight of my life, and trying to help men. Um, you know, I'm I'm very passionate about that. So there's there's lots. I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky to be able to come in a, in a sports show, a sports show, a radio show, and, and talk about my life. Take us through WNOW, Obviously, when no one's watching, and you built this uh, with your co-founder David Eccles, and then it's grown, and there's all these different chapters opening up across Australia. Just take us through the pride that you have now in seeing these men come together, be vulnerable, take a bit of the armor armor off, and, yeah. and share a bit. It just shows the impact of uh, one conversation the mate had, or, or a mate reaching out to me to try and pull me when I wasn't in a great place. But um, the fact that he was willing to do that and consistently do it and didn't give up on me and kept coming and and drew me out of the darkness as such, you know, and it was, it was that conversation that started, you know. The name and W knows when no one's watching, and it came from my sporting days, and, you know, mm. boys, when it's... It's okay to bluff people, and I was very good at doing that. I get in the front door of a football club, and I'm, I'm bulletproof. I'm great, man. I put on the mask, and I get on the field, and I'm just bulletproof. I'd get into the car, I'd get home some nights, and I'd just the energy, and I'd just drop that armor off me, and I'd go, oh, thank God, that's done. You know, and I was very good at masking, and mm. I still am, and it's a piece that i got to work on, but W and I was trying to help that piece around, just drop men dropping their body armor, and Take off those gloves, man. Just be who you are. Like it's we're all unique and we're all different. So just be yeah, yourself. Be a human being. Be a human exactly. bloody being. But but we I think in this country we hold sports people so high, you know, that they feel like they've got to have this role model piece that's just it's not real. Be mm. real. Make mistakes. Apologize. Take responsibility. All those pieces that go with being a human being. But we Absolutely. hold sports people so high, you know. And that's when the, the name of when no one's watching is so important. And we try and tell the guys, you know, when you open that front door in the morning to leave, you know. Just live like no one's watching. Is that the hardship for you that we're, like that formed the, the start of that? Is that when just life felt like it unraveled for yep. you? Can you take through? Yeah, that it did, piece? Jude. And I think it went from the transition piece of being at home as a. Would this of, be your hardship? Yeah, sort of yeah, coming yeah. out of coming out of a successful sport. Yeah, and it, it would become the transition piece of where do I go? What do I do? And sport had been such a big impact, a big part of your life, and you're kind of figuring out what what is it? Where do I go here? You know, I, I really struggled with the. Well, I had lots of things and I knew he was going to finish. And, you know, as an athlete, you know, there's 
they'll tell you, oh, it's going to finish. You know it's going to finish, but you're programmed not to look too far ahead because you don't want to miss the next performance and play poor and get dropped. And all mm. of a sudden, it snowballs you into retirement. You know, so you set things in place, you know, and I did a teaching degree and all that, and I did stuff, but you, you're never really ready for it. And, and the, the hardship piece of trying to actually get the transition, which led to drinking a lot because you had more time. And then you're obviously a downhill spiral from escapism, isn't escapism, it? Yeah, yeah. trying to find a way and yeah. escape from it because... I'm putting this mask on. I've got to be this person when I'm out and about. But then you get inside in the door and you can't wait to open the fridge to have a beer, you know, yeah. which well, is not, not It's a bloody place. exhausting too. Yeah. That armour is heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so. That's right. It is. And you know, you're consistently doing it over and over and over. And you, I think you build up an image too as a person, as a footballer, and you feel like you have to try and live that piece as well. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, um, it's, that's certainly one of the hardships. Can I ask, uh, with your kids now, because obviously, you know, your fame and obviously your profile, but just being a dad, obviously you love that. Uh, and obviously, you know, you and your wife, I've done a done a wonderful job. How was that for you? Yeah, being a dad is um, it's it's so exciting. I had no idea at the start, you know, but um, I can't wait to see them every single day. It's um, get up in the morning. You know, I'm a high energy person, and I, I couldn't tell, but yeah, it's great. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you know, and, and Jude knows me well, and you know, I wear, I wear my passion on my sleeve, and I try and encourage my kids to do that, and um, you know. They're, they're getting sick and you know listening to motivation things and talking about this and that and trying to live life. But you know I've I've just I'm a big kid, you know, and I, with them I'm just a really big kid and I really love being around them um, and spending time with them. Lots of challenges in today's society, you know, in the eastern suburbs of Sydney, you know, you're in a bubble and um, trying to raise kids is, is certainly very difficult. And you know the the privilege piece is certainly there and you can see a lot of it in, in, in young young kids and that's a piece that we got to try and walk through. Our kids are young at the minute, you know, they're nine, seven and just Huey just had his sixth birthday but um, they love the sport. They don't have a choice there but um, mm. yeah, it's uh, Nicole's sporty as well but it's, um, yeah, it's a, it's a real joy ha having children and it's uh, certainly one of the best things I've ever done. You can just see it in your, in your face yeah. when you're talking about it. You just start yeah. glowing when you yeah. talk about your kids and that's great and obviously we, we, we all know each other's kids here in this show and we, we love being dads, yeah. you know, yeah. and we love being dads to each other's kids too or getting to mm, know them yeah. as well over the years that we've been working together. If we could just focus on your dad just again, and I know I don't want to bring it down too much, but just you losing him mm. and then going back to Ireland and basically doing something that you would have done if you hadn't come to Australia a lot earlier mm. to actually win the title in Ireland. What was it like? Where were you when you heard about your dad? And what was it like when you made that decision to go back? Yeah, it was... Um it was, it was a very emotional time, you know, because you'd think at 18, 19, 20, 21, when Dad passed away, I was 21, um, that's when you really get to know your dad. You know, you get into the pub with him and you have mm. a drink and you sit around with his mates and you start hearing the stories. <laughs> um, so it was um, it was in the middle of the night. As as everyone, anyone that's a immigrant or not from Australia fears the call in the middle of the night, mm -hmm. then, and guess what it is? You know, I was living with big Stephen Doyle and um, the house alarm went off and we both woke up and was like, oh, what's that? And... Um, Doily, you know, six foot eight, and just put his hand up and switched it off. Um, and that was the actual time my dad had passed away. I get a call 20 minutes later saying my dad had passed. You know? Oh, wow. Um, oh, so wow. Do, you do you believe in that stuff? I don't. I never did. Oh, and I was brought man. up a Catholic. And you, I maybe, just, maybe you might maybe believe it should, now. And, and I, you know, it gives me you know, goosebumps, yeah. goosebumps now, you know. So it's kind of um, – but my whole world just came crashing. You know, there was, a, it was an, a disbelief to it and a shock. Um, you're 21 years of age. Like I said, you, you just felt your dad would be there forever and lots mm. of things going through your head. Um, how, did he, how did he pass? Yeah, it was a heart attack. Yeah. Heart what attack. what sort of home. age? 51. That's, oh, that's young. Yeah. The same as my dad. Yeah. 51, 52. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. You oh, don't really get weird. the... You know, yeah. and 
this is sad in a way when I say this, but, yeah. um, you know, people with parents that are sick or have cancer and they get to spend time with them before they die, you get to do things, you, you feel that was taken away from you. And yeah. no, you can't control how a parent no, dies, you know, or a sibling or, <clears throat> or a son or daughter. But um, it, it was um, it was quite a quite heavy, obviously, period of my life. But um, I built up a lot of anger towards Australia because I'd felt the country taken away those four years mm. from me spending the time with my dad. And there was a lot of guilt with me. Why did I make the bloody decision to come out here and play when I should have, could have spent the four years with my dad and I could have helped him and mm. blah, 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 blah. Mm. So um, that 2006 period, we just won the premiership in five. And then eight weeks later, I get the call. You know, So the sad thing of the whole, I was 2005 was an extremely special year for the Swans and for me personally and Jude, obviously. But the year will always be remembered as the year my dad passed away. Yeah. You know, so And he was, it was great, the fact that he was able to come out and spend the, you know, the grand final with us. And um, I got a... Great picture, a supporter after my dad passed away, a picture of dad and mom had sent through with a quote that my dad had put in the newspaper saying, um, I've got some heart issues, but it got tested today in the game. And that was the grand final. You know, mm. Little we know, oh, obviously, yeah. eight weeks later, he died with a, <sighs> with a heart so, attack. You know? So how long after the 2005 victory mm. did you decide to go back to Ireland and have a crack? Because that's what you wanted to do because your mm. dad had won mm. five times. Mm -hmm. So how long was that gap yeah. for you? It, it was it kind of set in stone from then. It was all right. I got to get serious about it and started thinking. Two thousand six was I come back and I really struggled to come back actually. You know, mm. a couple of times, but um, I went. It was two thousand and seven. Really, I, I started getting some dislocations and some bad injuries, and I was getting injuries. I think, well, I'm getting. I'm twenty seven now, and like, if this happens, gotta be in good shape. I, I don't want to go back. back and be in good shape. And um, you know, it was. So I decided then at the end of two thousand and eight that I was going to go back. And I taught Rusey. Um, my wife couldn't. <laughs> Couldn't understand it. So you're going back playing a game that's totally amateur. Yeah. Don't get paid a penny. Mm. Yeah, you're leaving half a million on the table. <laughs> She's in finance. She's gone. So you're on, you're on half what Jude was yeah. on. Yeah. Oh, please, please, double. Because Jude, Jude talks 1.1, 1.2. 1. Yeah. 1. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Him and so Buddy. He, he can't talk a high game. Yeah. But, you know, inflation and everything back then wasn't <laughs> yeah. as bad, was it, Jude? Uh, but, exactly. so, yeah, was that? Even with the wife, the finances and stuff, that yeah. was hard because, yeah. She couldn't get her head around the, the loyalty and the passion piece of of. of Gaelic football and Kerry, like I said, you know, yeah. it's where you grew up is where you, you wear the Kerry jersey and that's it. She couldn't get her head around it. But I was lucky enough to go back. Um, 2000, I really struggled with the wrong ball again after spending 10 years here as an AFL player. Went back and um, I got used to it and then got in the team and was lucky enough to win the win the premiership with, <laughs> with oh, Kerry. And, amazing. Um, Rusey was over there and a couple of teammates and then Rusey met me that night and he was coaching the Swans. He said, right, you've done what you need to do. Get on the plane and come back <laughs> yeah. to Sydney. <laughs> so that, that was is. that. And that was that. What a great we could talk to you all day, but <laughs> so we have good, to wrap mate. it up. Thank you yeah, so much yeah. for showing that vulnerability and that's what you're doing as well, um, you know, off the field now. So, mate, oh, you're, it's always a pleasure talking to you. If you ever need to chat to Sydney, you know, you can come on and do it here. Thanks, Love you, Thank you, mate. Thanks, 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 mate. Thanks